Welcome everyone to Not Another Whiskey Podcast. Mitch here. Thanks for joining us for this extra episode. Uh, Daz and I head along to the Hollywood Distillery where we sat down with the managing director, Nick Ravenhall, and the distillery manager, Mark Watson. So here it is, guys. Enjoy and thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, so we're here at the Hollywood Distillery uh, with Nick Ravenhall and Mark Watson. So Nick is the managing director here who has a CV that's probably the same size as yours and mine combined as. Yes. So give you a little bit of background about Nick sitting here. And I'm going to do this because I've heard Nick's introductions to himself before. So I'm going to do his introduction <laughs> for him. I thought this was a so, punchy episode. <laughs> well, exactly, man. That's why I'm trying to make it a punchy episode. Hey, I'll so, be back in 20 minutes. <laughs> so Nick hails from uh, New Zealand originally, a bartender over there. who then started working for Diageo. Diageo then brought him into, over to Edinburgh at the same time as Daz and I were working for Diageo. Way back in the day. I actually, Way back I in actually the day. think Nick and I started on the same day. Yeah, oh, we really? did. Same yeah, day. yeah, we yeah, did. Exactly yeah. the same day. Yeah. Uh, so Nick was a uh, sales rep running about the whole of Scotland literally got handed this territory when he arrived and he was like where the fuck am I going and then ran about Scotland for the, the, the whole time right essentially I, yeah I, I had to ask whereabouts in Edinburgh Dundee was that's how, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how green I was <laughs> following on from a stint with Diageo he went over to Atom Brands and was the managing director there and now he is the managing director for the Holyrood distillery so we're also joined by Mr. Mark Watson, who has a little bit of distilling experience, uh, working at the Bonington Distillery previously, which is the is Crabby's Whiskey, for those that don't know what the Bonington Whiskey uh, Distillery is. And he also worked at uh, Eden Mill. Am I right, Mark? That's, yeah. that's your kind of CV with regards to distilling? Uh, yeah, yeah, and then top it off with uh, Shetland Rio up in Shetland for, for good measure with Stuart Nickerson. So, yeah. Did you work up there? Yeah, I worked I up there. I worked yeah. up this. Uh, well, I worked up there with Stuart. Yeah, it was amazing. You experience. can see the PTSD on, oh, on the young yeah, man yeah, here. Yeah. Just when the wind blows. <laughs> 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 what, what's, what, is it Insta or Unst? It was it? on Unst, yeah. Unst, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Unst, yeah, that was a crazy car journey where Stuart was like, oh, come work for us. And I got on a 13-hour ferry and then it's a tour car journey and then it's another ferry and then another ferry and then a 30 minute car journey and I was like oh, where am I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible but he's a bit of a legend he was yeah. the distillery director at Grants worked at Highland Park back in the 80s yeah. Yeah, yeah, brought yeah. back Ben Glasser yeah 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 he ran that tiny gin distillery uh, and, and still runs it like like somebody that's completely obsessed with spirit quality and it's amazing to learn from it was incredible to yeah, learn yeah, from because yeah. he was just like here's how we record stuff here's how we measure stuff here is you've, you've dropped a bucket <laughs> like, uh, and it just everything was meticulous attention to detail yeah. so it was an incredible place to actually learn I think I don't think it would be the distiller around today without learning from Stuart nice. it's amazing yeah, yeah it's he's got a great reputation yeah. I sat next to him at a dinner once can't remember what it was Spirit Speyside Festival or something like that and I didn't say a word I just listened you know it just kept going and going and I was like man this boy and he's, he's yeah. always, he knows his stuff like yeah, yeah, yeah. well Jess thank you very much for firstly having us at the Holyrood Distillery. Welcome. And secondly, for your time. I know you're, uh, you're both busy men, so uh, we appreciate that. Yeah. I wanted to like start off with the significance of distilling in Edinburgh, right? As somebody who's lived here for 15 plus years, um, you, you hear about all the tales of closed distilleries and things like that. And Edinburgh's got such a rich heritage in terms of distilling. We just did an episode on the lowlands and we talked a little bit about it. 
But single malt whiskey in Edinburgh, what, what is the significance of it in, in, in terms of the Holyrood story and what you guys have achieved to date? I mean, <clears throat> when, when we started to look at Edinburgh as the central piece for our distilling story, it, it didn't take long to figure out that there wasn't that much to say in terms of single malt quality, single malt history of anything that was inspirational and of note. And then when we kind of were looking at that, it became really apparent that we've got to stop looking at Holyrood as just another Scottish single malt whiskey distillery that's in Edinburgh, which is in the Lowlands, and that we had a unique opportunity just to take a step back and go, we've got the same challenges in front of us as almost any other New World distiller. Now, I know we're not New World, but we're breaking new ground, if that makes sense. And so we kind of took that mindset into, okay, well, if we were to look at this as a clean slate for Edinburgh and a clean slate as a distillery, how do we pay respect to the past, but also be very anchored in the present and in the future? And, and then, you know, Distilling and whiskey making is so connected with the locality of where it's from and the history and tradition in this country. We, we had to think about well, what from the what could we take from the city? What was part of the city's DNA and heritage that would give us authenticity and 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 our in our making journey? Like, I think the hardest thing to strive for as a new distillery, particularly in Scotland, is what's your integrity as a whiskey maker? And so we've got a mission which you and I call earning our whiskey stripes, which is a lot about how do we add to the Scotch whiskey legacy. So Edinburgh, Edinburgh just gives us an anchoring point where we can start to build our production mindset, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so when you look around the landscape in Edinburgh, what, there's 16 boreholes around here. Yeah. yeah it's, all, it's all brewing. You know, you look at, yeah. you look at shilling recipes, you look at Younger's, uh, you look at the Charm Circle, which is the aquifer which sits underneath Arthur's Seat. They're all really big clues about what we should be looking at as distillers. Yeah. And so if we take if we take a if we take a new world mindset, it just goes great. Well, here's a new space for us to explore. Yeah. And and you know you and I built that out together, talking a lot about about beer and our shared beer journey over yeah. the years. But it yeah. makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. Like think here's so. a city that's made. <clears throat> think of Juker's IPA. That beer, how many how many awards has it won, right? Yeah. It's mad. And, and now you've got brands like Innocent Gone. And there's all these great Edinburgh beers that are now drunk all over the world. Surely if you make great beer, you make great whiskey. You, is that not how it works? I would, lo I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it's got to be a long episode. <laughs> um, I think it gives us an incredible starting point in both looking at old, younger's, like, shut up about Barclay Perkins is one of Nick and I's absolute favourite <laughs> beer blogs just for just for the, the amount of detail and record keeping that people kept, that people explore, that people are still super interested in that are developing beer within this, this city, within, you know, the, within Scotland. And I think when we tie that back to our distilling and what we want to do, it just gives us an incredible platform to be unburdened and to go chasing yeast strains, to go chasing specialty malt, to go chasing long fermentation styles or completely different distillation techniques based around flavor profiles and based around just old beer and, and how its relationship with the city changed and developed over time. I think the most exciting thing about that is that it's 
so nuanced. Um, uh, you alluded to uh, Edinburgh whisky and uh, that there is some things of note. I mean, North British being the brightest star of it. Um, you know, there's a couple of other distilleries in there that, you know, brands and things perpetuate. And in Edinburgh, we we saw some, one of the biggest storages of, of malt and, and whiskey in the entire world at one point in Leith. And then it just dissipated and, and kind of left. And, you know, VAT 69 left and, and all these things just sort of dissipated from the city when it, it developed and, and sort of grew. And I think f- the exciting thing for us is that we can grow back into the city, um, mm-hmm. that we can grow whiskey back into the city in, in the organic way that it has changed and peaked and troughed with beer and, and now with spirits again. So I think going back to your original question about, about Edinburgh, I think for us it's, it's the tie that binds, but it's, it's so uh, freeing because yeah, there's so much there to play with and, yeah. and to talk and develop. It's interesting because you, you, Nick, mentioned it behaving like a New World distillery. I was chatting to the guys at Westland mm. uh, a few weeks ago. They were up for the whiskey show. They'd come over. And um, we, they, we sat tasting some of the whiskies with them. And, and actually, they laid down a bit of a gauntlet. And they said, focusing on barley, focusing on yeast strains, focusing on fermentation times, the early stages of production are so, so important. And they actually were quite open and said, you guys in Scotland, you've maybe forgotten about that. You know, and I love that challenge set by them, you know, who are quite like you guys, it sounds, you know, thinking of those earlier stages a little bit more than maybe some of the other distilleries are in, in Scotland, perhaps. I mean, it's a gauntlet, but it's, it's also true in our opinion. And we look to the crew over there as a little bit of inspiration. New World does inform how we think about the mindset that you've got to have in this space. Mm. And so when it comes back to all of these, these anchors that we're, that the anchor of brewing, which is sitting on the locality of Edinburgh, as Mark says, it's a starting point for us just to start having a conversation from a Scotch whiskey maker's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think when, when we're looking to how we're going to move forward as a distillery, having those conversations, I mean, we're re- really lucky that we're a small distillery and we've got a very flexible piece of kit because we can. It doesn't cost us a lot of money in terms of time and effort to look at iterations. We're not locked into a 12-year-old maturation profile that we need to deliver year after year after year after year. We get this wonderful opportunity that we only have now because we're at startup where we do get to behave a lot different to the rest of our you know, senior, senior colleagues within in Scotch whiskey making. Nice. So a question for you guys. So going back to your history, your very short history, uh, summer 2019 is mm-hmm. when Hollywood opened up. So you guys have got legal whiskey now, right? Next year. Next year. So next year. My maths is terrible. Bad maths. <laughs> bad, bad maths. <laughs> bad maths. A year, a, year, a year on September the 13th. Is it? Yeah. Or last September 13th. So um, that's when the first cask comes of age. Um, which uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. First casks are always a bit weird. Um, but then the rest of our production comes in 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 October for that those sort of tranches. And then, then it starts to to flow through into to January and, and February. But with those early laydowns, the very first iteration of what Nick and I are talking about now in the exploration was in, in, in intentionally slash unintentionally laid down. 
and that is amazing for us that we've got we've got the very starting blocks of what we're talking about here that the 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 brewing side of things the attention to detail the yeast strains the development of style um, or various styles were all laid down then now the plan has changed a million times and will continue to change and adapt but for us we're very lucky to look back in those stocks and see that the very first formation of the idea that we're now properly leaning into um, was formed then and and then then we have something to use and something yeah. to take from there and continue to run with it yeah that's what I'm quite excited about because if I if I went to Campbelltown I think I could tell you what a Campbelltown whiskey could and maybe should be like in your eyes then what does an Edinburgh single malt whiskey look like? A good one, not one of these uh, ones that was slated in the past for maybe not being as good as they could have been back in the 20s and 1800s and things like that. I mean, I, th I think there is a piece here where the, the whiskey we are making now needs to reflect the culture of the city. And, you know, as an outsider and coming into Edinburgh in 2007, one of the most striking things for me was the history and modernity live side by side mm. and that this is a very progressive city there's always debate like if you go out for a beer with someone the chat's fantastic because you talk about things you talk about real things and i think there is a a curiosity that is inherent within the people who live here there is an openness there is a progressive progressiveness and our whiskey needs to reflect that and that's where, you know, these ideas of iteration are really, really important. We want to have conversations which say, you know, you say, you talk about this all the time, I want to share my homework. And when Mark's making his whiskey and laying down the ideas, what we want to do is be very open about how we make things, why we make things, why we're investigating brewing, why we're investigating specialty malt, what's the role of heritage barley, how do these fermentations work. So rather than having a top-down conversation where, some a brand says this is our whiskey this is how it's made and this is how you drink it it is this is what we did this is what we're seeing right now what do you think of what we're seeing because there's so much new information that we're uncovering all the time and that's not a style like people ask us all the time what's your core range i'm like there's no fucking core range like we our period of iteration is now and and we don't even know if we'll ever stop it because there's so much to learn from. And I think that, that for me, you know, as, as a random Kiwi up here, is a really respectful way of honouring the city, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's very cool. So, so <coughs> I think what you're saying there, isn't it? When you guys are going to release some whiskey, it's going to be very much different releases when it comes out, different cask finishes, different... Everything kind of changing almost. Is that going to be like a single cask? release is that the plan it, it, can you guys not tell us that, is that no we can share it i yeah. mean we, we don't know we don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think i think like one of the greatest uh, freedoms um that like i've experienced you know nick and i have talked about this a long time from when we were making beer together is being able to say i don't know i'm not sure let's try this i'm not sure that didn't work and, and I feel like those are kind of phrases that are, uh, much like you said before about what Wesson said, sort of forgotten because you said what Campbelltown whiskey should taste like. Mm. That, that, I have a problem with the word should in there yeah, because yeah. It's, it, it lacks the expression of what, it, what it's meant 
or could mm. taste like. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's the exciting bit for us now is what what is this meant to taste like for us, not yeah. for because it's supposed to taste like that. It's what is it meant to taste like for us that helps us learn something, helps us develop something and helps us with that next iterative thing of going, okay, that heritage malt in that cast variety with that with that yeast and that fermentation time did not work. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's not right. It's it's something unbalanced about it. Okay, what are the bits we like about it? What are the bits we don't like about it? Let's take it, just deconstruct it, put it back together again into a place that we're happy with it, that it, we learn something from it. And I think uh, putting a core as part of that totally uh, puts chains around around the actual freedom of expression that, yeah. that we're talking about here and the iterative quality of of learning and I think when we start to and we start to develop that um, every time somebody's asked us we're like we don't know we but think it goes like this we think it goes like that and it we helps. can give it like I mean yeah. the, the, like it's really it's a really simple model right like what's the anchor Edinburgh and brewing you know the, and the brewing's there because of our past but also things like Harriet Watt because of our future and then when we look at the liquid which is coming out, there's there's three modules which are being explored: heritage, malt, specialty, and and yeast. Now, as they go, like I'm trying to clarify this right now for the listeners because we will tell those stories, we will share those starting points. Like you've got the new make sitting in front of you, and we're very clear on what is showing what. Like, is this a specialty malt expression? And some of those might go on their own journey where we end up with a chalk malt on first fill Oloroso, which is like holy hell, we need to get this out there now because this is just really special. Single cast, let it go. But then what could that look like with a heritage malt? You know, we're looking at stuff that we're getting from Chevalier right now and heritage malt's crappy yield, but incredible texture. So how can we stare those two back together? It's still a single malt from Holyrood, but it's a combination of, of two ideas. So I, I'd say what you can expect is full transparency on the releases and a red line from the starting point all the way through because there's new information here and we want whiskey people to grow with us if that makes sense fantastic yeah. it's so exciting for you guys because you are such a, a, a small distillery and a new distillery you know being able to to mess around that way it must be a, an absolute joy for you mark right yeah it can it can be can be one of the most <laughs> <laughs> the most uh, freeing and creative places to to work and also absolutely terrifying at the same time when uh, things aren't working or the yields come back and you're like, no, 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 it's not about that. It's about how this ties back to us, about how we tie this back to brewing or how we tie this back to a specific thing that we're looking for. Yeah. And I think this one, like the, the new make that we've just put out here, tells the story about how we got to the Made by Edinburgh cast launch this year. Yeah, it does. That's, um, and that's, that's the, the, whole, the whole purpose of it is the iterative nature of like, right, okay, it has to be connected to how we view ourselves, and that is brewers and distillers. Mm -hmm. And so the first bit is, right, okay, let's use a more traditional mash bill. I'm saying that with a, um, because we're, it's 100% pot still malt, uh, just regular barley. Um, then we use brewers and distillers yeast. And the flavors that we got from that. And then we were like, okay, let's look at this old 80 shilling Younger's recipe. What had that in it? Oh, it had crystal and it had, uh, you know, dark malt in it, right? Okay, well, dark malt, what does that look like for us? So crystal is still available. Let's go out and get crystal. Let's make uh, a crystal version of that. Let's make a chocolate version of that. And then from 
the essence of all of that, we put all three together and made our Made by Edinburgh stuff. Um, and then to top that all off, we, you know, we were looking at yeast strains to, to do with this. And I think tying that back to, we used the Edinburgh Ale yeast for that. And I think tying that back to the flavor profiles that you kind of alluded to before of like, what is, what is Old Edinburgh for distilling? Well, Old Edinburgh for brewing was super collaborative and there was no fridges and there was no, um, you know, there was no storage of yeast. So they cropped yeast. Some of their neighbors came around. They were like, have you guys got fresh yeast? Yeah, we've got fresh yeast. Wheelbarrow round to another brewery. And that's, you know, that's where Edinburgh ale yeast came from. And, you know, just to have that little pinch of collaborative, thing is a great reminder for us that it's you know the work's never done on it either it's just it's constantly iterative and it's you're not going back that long i remember uh working up at mccallan and they wrote their six pillars the first time i think in 1998 and on their six pillars was golden promise barley cocktail of yeasts brewers and distillers i think they still had direct fire stills or they had one or two left right. there at that time and 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 i think of that as Actually, think how much has changed in 25 years yeah. at malt distilleries. And it's all of these little things that have all been standardized across so many distilleries. And the challenge is, is that through that, you create a homogenization of, of flavor. And ultimately, what you guys are saying is, this is about flavor, right? I mean, we, we know what you're saying. The inspirations come from what you guys know of Edinburgh beers, uh, what's possible here at this distillery because of the mad stuff that you guys can do which has been designed for um, but all of that ultimately comes down to what do you create in the end and, and that is definitely against the the tide right and most people are standardizing they're looking for yield they're looking for that consistency which is a sweary word sometimes isn't it it's yeah. you know that's not what you're looking to do you know? no it, it absolutely isn't and i think there's we've got to have a lot of faith in the new whiskey fan that you have now like you guys remember we started we started flogging whiskey not that long ago. No, no, and nobody wanted it. Right? And I, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I yeah. couldn't sell Yamazaki. That was yeah, like, that was absolutely mental. Yeah, yeah. And and now and now when you speak to, you know, particularly younger whiskey fans coming through, they're tooled up with knowledge, mm. and they're really really interested. And in, and in, in things like whiskeys from the sixties and the seventies are out of their price range. They can only just you know, imagine what these older styles look like. And, you know, we're not doing a Thompson thing here. You know, the Thompson boys are doing a great job going back into that old space. But I think there are, you know, there are a few of us in the industry now who are just re-examining old information and bringing it forward so that, that it's there for us all to see and go, well, actually, you know, what 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 can these things do? You, you're right, we're driving for flavour, but at the end of the day, we're just trying to make the best whiskey that we can. And, and not putting, like you said, handcuffs on it, really being explorative and then going, okay, cool, well, everyone's loving this chocolate malt. This is a direction that we'll keep going down. Very cool. So I want to move away from production for just a second. Sorry, Mark. Uh, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're finished, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See you guys later. Do you want, do you want to focus? Yeah. Get us another coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think a big thing about Hollywood, right, is you guys are right in the centre of Edinburgh. It's the foot traffic here is on, must be unbelievable when we get back to, to normal kind of tourism levels, I suppose. So what is the plan? I mean, you guys have an amazing experience here already with regards to the tour. What's the plan in, in, in notching that up and moving forward and progressing with that? 
Well, it, there's going to be some change. And one of the things that Holyrood first set out to do was teaching visitors how flavour was built. And you know, our, our message and our journey has changed from that, that starting point. And really what we're going to do on our tour now is, is just we want, we want to become Edinburgh's local. Yeah, that's, that's what we're really hungry for. We want to see Edinburgh folk in here. We don't want to just see tourists walking by. The space that we're sitting in now, you know, we want to turn this into a highball bar, neighbourhood bar that people can come into and just enjoy and, and be part of the cultural landscape of the city. And so that means you know, there's a lot of work which is being done by Debs and her team about, well, if we're going to be local, what local things can we do? Uh, one of her ideas which she's looking at for early next year is to do an event called The Mashup and that's bringing local brewers together and local distillers together and just having a liquid fair where we can speak to the community and invite people in and to have a good time. Uh, equally she wants to do a Christmas fair called Made by Edinburgh and bring in local Edinburgh makers so just really start to celebrate the city and, and, and be engaged with it. So. Yeah I think that's it isn't it? I think because there's so many tourists, what's it, 2.5 million tourists a year <laughs> come to Edinburgh, obviously that's attractive from a, an experiential perspective. But I've been here, I live in Edinburgh, three, four, five times, something like that, over, yeah. over the period, dropped in for tours, coming for a nosy, brought people down and things. And, and actually, even, even as I walk around, sometimes I'm quite surprised just listening to people going, have you been down to Holyrood? Yeah. And they haven't been down. No. And I'm like, that's a crime, almost, you know, yeah. because you've got something here on your doorstep, which is so cool. And if you're into booze, you know, specifically whiskey is how I see it, but I know you make gin as well, but I, I always just think of the whiskey stuff. And, and then like, you can't, you have to get down there. You have to go and see these stills, see the setup these guys have done because it's super, super cool, you know? It's, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's also on us to reach out. And yeah. one of the things which happened was that the whole mindset here originally was tourists. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. Like, tourists will find us... Hey, if, locals are nice too, man. Yeah, locals. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, we, if, we do, if we do the best thing by the community, we're going to get the tourists yeah. anyway, because you're going you're gonna to get recommended by the locals to come down. And it's not just about getting people through the distillery and experiencing it. You know, we've got, you know, you, you called out the gin still, which is now our pilot kit that we've got out there. You know, we, we, this city is so vibrant in terms of the intelligence in the trade with liquid being made by bartenders and small distillers and brewers alike. You know, we've got a kit there which we're using for all of our iterations now. You're playing around with it. And we, we, we've taken a view that we want to open that up and reach out into the community and say, okay, well, you know, if you've got an idea, come down, we'll work with you. We can develop it, we can play with it and just really become part of the, the landscape here. Nice. Hmm. It's a good idea. I've got a packet of salt and vinegar Pringles. We'll do it. We'll do it. To distill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it. <laughs> so how can we'll I drink it. them? Yeah. <laughs> I'll connect you to Mark. Yeah. <laughs> if there's someone that can do it, I'll we'll do it. Can do it. Yeah. We'll do it. My favourite ever thing is Trebor Extra Strong Mints. Right. They distilled incredibly. <laughs> you can't drink it because your eyes are watered because yeah, it's so minty, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, the smell of them are absolutely amazing. But yeah, no, I think the space for that to to really feel uh, like a home away from home for makers yeah. is, you know, I think really exciting for Nick and I um, because we we brewed beer at somebody else's brewery mm. uh, for the longest time and it never really felt like we were just there, we were just renting the space and making stuff. But we really want people to, when they're coming here and they're making stuff with us, um, to feel like it's their, 
their home away from home when they're making stuff with us. And I think that's, that's very exciting to have in the city. Well, Mark, Nick, thank you so much for, uh, for being on the show. It's been great chatting to you guys and uh, always great coming to the distillery year. Highly recommend it to anyone listening. If you're in Edinburgh, pop along to the Hollywood distillery. Uh, thanks very much, guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I uh, highly recommend Mark's coffee as well if you're popping by. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. If I, if it's one thing that it is, it's I uh, make a good cup of coffee. Uh, yeah. It'll keep you awake. <laughs>